All right, hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here, Reinforced Running Podcast. Thanks for joining in. As always, today we are talking about very specifically running, and we're going to talk about the language that we've used traditionally around running, and I'm going to explain each piece of what is generally meant by the language and really try my hardest to simplify this, specifically for those who are working in uh, like the Hyrox, DecaFit, and OCR space. Uh, we have a lot of language as endurance athletes just because there needs to be a bit of nuance when it comes to training because the thing that we're training for as runners is singular. It's very simple. It's straightforward. It's just one foot in front of the other. So there's a bunch of different paces and a bunch of different names that are associated with these paces. So ultimately here, I'm just going to talk about the paces, what what are traditionally meant by them, and then try to summarize that. So you, the listener, the athlete, the person out there training their butts off every day can really kind of grasp and and hold on to without it being necessarily confusing because it kind of seems like that's what this language generally does. So for this, there seems to be eight to 10 different kind of categories that are generally uh, describers for uh, running pace. And that seems like a lot. So we're going to use like the Daniel's running formula kind of as our, as our basis on this, as, as kind of what we know to be true and what has been used historically as runners. And there's a lot of different methods out there. It's not Daniel's or bust. There's a lot of different people who kind of put different names to different things and kind of use different language. But ultimately, the running paces can only do so much for you, no matter what you call it. And it's going to do the same thing no matter where you're at. So in Daniel's, I'm just going to rattle these off really quick. There's easy run. There's like moderate to normal distance pace. There's marathon pace. There's half marathon pace. There's threshold. There's 10K to, there's like 5K to 10K pace, or they can, it's been called critical velocity in some circles. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to it. We'll get to it if it is cool or not. And uh, after that's kind of VO2 max intervals, then you're kind of in that mile 3K, and then it's fast rep. Fast rep is anything faster than a mile that is going to be much shorter. So we can really lump the first four categories that I talked about, which is easy, moderate, marathon, and half marathon, kind of into the same thing. That's all aerobic work. And historically, runners are are told to kind of stay in that easy zone, that 80-20 principle, most days. And I believe this is because uh, structurally, your muscles are going to take on a lot of damage. And I've spoken about this, about kind of like high rocks training and hybrid training and how that kind of differs from, from regular running. But this is why uh, runners are told to slow down so often is because they are going to put a, a lot of wear and tear on the body. And the main thing when training for running specifically is staying healthy, staying consistent. So these easy runs are going to be the, the, the least damaging to your, your musculoskeletal system, right? It's going to be easiest to recover in terms of like how beat your calves and or quads or hips kind of feel with still getting some aerobic benefit, right? And we're starting to see some athletes at the collegiate level in particular, if anyone's following along with that, the the, the girl's name who finished second this year, who had a, an undefeated run until the final race against one of the best athletes that we've ever seen. She's only run three times a week. 
So she's spending a lot of time on the on cross training to because you still kind of get that that aerobic benefit of that without necessarily needing to run. Now, if if you you need a certain amount of uh, muscular integrity and strength and that kind of bone and tendon strength to to be able to, to continue to run to do more. So I'm sure down the road, they'll want her to do more volume. And for most of the, us runners here, and uh, we're gonna want to to spend time running, really just kind of strengthen things up. Um, if you are experiencing the cramps and things of that nature, especially in a high rocks event, which is longer, it's, a, it's an 8K over the course of 70 to 90 minutes and on hard concrete you're going to put a lot of damage on your legs. So that's really when kind of cramping kind of comes in to the mix. So when you're doing a lot of lower, easier running, you're gonna build resilience in your muscles, probably avoid those cramping that those cramping a little bit. So that's a little bit of a side tangent on that. We don't necessarily need to just do cross training and then, uh, but you can for the aerobic benefits of it. Anyway, so easy, moderate marathon, hack marathon. So again, we're told to stay in that easy range because uh, of our uh, muscular recovery. But you can kind of be in all of those ranges and still get the same benefit. So this is why there's not a ton of benefit for doing marathon pace, half marathon pace, other than to really season your body to get ready to do a longer duration at a, a somewhat faster pace. But internally what's happening, physiologically what's happening, it's not that much different than just like your easy run. Like your heart rate might get a little bit elevated, but not so elevated that you start to produce a little bit more lactate and that you're gonna need to kind of deal with that byproduct. We're naturally gonna have a little bit of lactic byproduct that is created while we run it all. But once it gets to, when it gets to a certain point, it starts to kind of take over or it starts to slow us down. Any at that those first those first four paces that we've generally de designated here, you're probably not going to get there. Something else is going to slow you down before uh, the lactic takeover does, and it's most likely going to be physical. It's going to be some sort of cramping, some sort of uh, fatigue in like your your feet, your calves, your quads, or, or or some sort of like pain that's associated with it. So that's that's really what those easy kind of runs want to do so if you wanted to go out and run half marathon pace every day like you could but uh for all your easy runs i should say because it with high rocks deca and ocr we're probably not running as much as these runners are ocr athletes probably should be uh, mostly on trails mostly on hills but the hybrid athlete we're doing so much other stuff <laughs> we're on the road we're on the ski or lifting weights we're doing compromise stuff we're pushing sleds doing all stuff so like the running volume in general is probably going to be fair, like a little bit lower than what we, uh, a runner who is just training to do a marathon or half marathon or whatever it is would be doing. So you could probably get away with running a little bit harder on your easy days, but you're not going to get any benefit out of it. So we could just kind of clump all four of those into easy. So your easy run could be anything that's just like above your threshold pace. And I've, sp I've spoken about threshold quite a bit on this podcast. So you can go back and look at previous episodes. But I'm going to touch on it just like a bit here. Um, that's really the pace you can hold for about an hour at your highest end. Or something that you can hold with very short rest. So this these threshold paces and are going to vary depending on the distance that you are, are running in for your training intervals. But they're going to feel much more aggressive. You're going to like the internal feeling, like the way that you are feeling during these, 
should be much different than what you are doing during a half marathon or marathon. It's like kind of that feeling that creeps in. It'd be like, okay, I might be doing too much. <laughs> I might be going too fast. This might not be sustainable. It's not sustainable without training, but over the course of time with doing threshold intervals, you will be able to sustain that close to an hour. <laughs> that's kind of where it is. So, the, but that takes a lot of training to kind of get there. But generally, that's a pace that I would really kind of hold into a category itself. And that could mean anything that just kind of feels sustainable, but hard. So it's like, it's kind of this weird middle ground. And again, I've talked about this a lot on previous podcasts. So you can go back and, and find that. But it, it, could, it should be something that has very short rest. Uh, and the intervals can be a minute. They could be 20 minutes. And in between that, it should not be a lot of rest there so you can continuously move forward through it. There's a way that you can kind of measure where your threshold is going to be or what kind of lactate uh, is being produced in your body. And generally between two and four millimolars is gonna be like kind of like that that zone where we wanna be. And it's been shown that you don't need to do like, like 3.9 millimolars isn't better than 2.1. You're still getting that same benefit. Um, where there might be benefit is there might be some some um, structural benefit in being able to take on a faster pace and being able to just run faster. Um, so it's more of like a mechanical and efficiency piece when you're running faster that would potentially uh, increase your performance. But physiologically, like how well you're able to handle the byproduct of, um, of lactate, it doesn't really matter. Like faster is not necessarily better, but staying within that zone. So like finding a pace that you can just hold and then resting for a short amount of time and then doing it again and then resting for a short amount of time, that's gonna kind of be in your your threshold area. So I'll kind of put that alone as its own category. And where where threshold, it, it can be interesting, especially for the hybrid athletes. But we're talking about like the strength athlete in particular, someone coming from CrossFit here or there, but like if people who don't have, because most people who come into the high rocks, right? Or DecaFit or whatever it is, have some sort of capacity for training. Uh, that's very, that's definitely generally speaking, I'm guessing you listening to this now, you have some sort of background in training. <laughs> you're, you're probably the most fit person that all of your friends know, and you have the ability to do uh, a lot of work. So threshold can be a little bit tricky for an athlete who's coming into with a bit of a, a background outside of just running. And that's because there's not much of a basis for, for like the there is not really the differentiation between what you could hold for like a mile versus a 3k versus a 5k versus a 10k and this is where these categories can be helpful for runners who are very dialed in be like and and more like the instruction about how to go about it and what you should feel like but if you're doing threshold repeats say the 60 seconds very short right? Not even a 400, uh, 350 meters of, of running, and then like 20 seconds rest. You're going to have to regulate yourself to, to make it a continuous effort. But because it's so short, you're probably going to be able to run faster. So that might push closer toward like your 3k or 5k pace, maybe even mile in some cases. But because you have some background of training, you're able to handle it. You're able to you're able to recover quicker as opposed to if we were just doing mile uh, like repeats and you know what your mile pace is and you're very dialed into that like a runner, like someone on a track, someone who's done, you know, who, who does six miles a, like in two to three months all out, like then you're really dialed in. You know what it's going to feel like probably from the first hundred meters where when you have this capacity coming from outside of the sport, it, it might not be as clear. So just kind of like 
playing around with the distance and playing around with your effort as you are improving at this specific workout, um, you're gonna have to play with paces. Like as the pace, as the duration gets longer of these intervals, the uh, the slower you're gonna have to go, right? And just and and the the rest is gonna regulate your effort. So as long as you're able to do the intervals with this short rest, you can you can you're doing it right. <laughs> you're probably getting that byproduct, even though we're not te- we're not doing a blood test, pricking our fingers, and that's how that like what I said, the aforementioned two to four millimolars. That's how you kind of figure that out. You don't really need to do that. If you're a super nerd who has a lot of resources and want to be very dialed in, then maybe. But uh, for the most of us, we don't even have that. I've never even really done that. I've done ha- I've done that kind of like in a lab before. On a, in a special circumstance, was never able to redo it. So, but knowing that you can do a repeatable effort with short rest is very important, and that's probably going to put you in that zone anyway. So, if you're doing threshold, I'd recommend that you start at a bit of a slower pace and kind of cut the pace down as you go on, so you can kind of find where that red line is. We want to play around with the paces as it moves forward, and not necessarily being stuck to like this is what you could hold for 10 miles, this is what you could hold for 10k, this is what you could hold for a half marathon, like because we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. We haven't. We don't need to do that. So running at those paces and, and using the language around that those paces doesn't matter. It doesn't hit home. We're not dialed in for that. So just like tossing that out, just easy run and threshold where you're thinking where it's very short rest and something sustainable for a lot of reps. That's kind of where your threshold is. The next one that I think does have a place here is your VO2 max. So we're gonna kind of cut out the 10K critical velocity, right? I find that the 10K pace is helpful. I think that if you know where that is and you have some accurate testing and you're dialed in with how it's feeling, it's just a way to get to that lactic, air, that uh, that threshold area faster, <laughs> you know? So like I said, if you're getting to that like 3.9 millimolars or whatever, like you're gonna be able to get to that spot quicker because you're going to be running faster in this 10k kind of zone um ultimately it's probably a bit damaging it's probably easy to go in over your head you're not going to be able to do intervals that are too long uh that's one thing i like about thresholds they're very you can like it's a it's like this suffer zone it's this part of fatigue that you just like don't want to do but you can still do there might be a point when you're doing 10k pace where like the overall global fatigue because because of the velocity that you are running is going to take it out of you. So that might not be a great place to go. So, but what could happen, right? If if you're running threshold over a consistent amount of time, what you thought your 10K pace was will probably end up being a threshold pace at some point. But I would just kind of steer clear of that. Like that's like, and that would be like if you're running threshold too fast and like you just can't finish or you're falling off, you're probably kind of flirting in that zone and you probably have to do less volume. That's another thing too. Like if we're in this faster threshold pace, which is basically what 10K, AKA critical velocity pace is, it's just like a fast threshold and you won't be able to do as much volume as just regular threshold. So not going faster isn't necessarily better for that particular workout. I would skip over that completely and go into uh, VO2 max intervals. And this is usually a pace that'd be about, uh, that's usually sub 5K pace from three. It can be, it can be shorter than that. It could be like, uh, 60 seconds to five minutes. And this pace is much faster than, than threshold, right? It's faster than your 5K. But again, like putting it in those terms might not necessarily work because like, 
What pace is that? How many miles are you doing? That's going to depend on how much volume you could do at a 5K pace or whatever. It doesn't, it's just going to be a pace that is really hard that you can hold at one to one rest. So again, the rest is going to regulate what these paces, what it's going to do. But with the VO2 max intervals, I would always go one to one. So 60 seconds hard, 60 seconds rest. 90 seconds hard, 90 seconds rest. I like three to five minutes. They are absolutely brutal absolutely brutal. And you might need to be a little bit more proficient on the side of the running end of things to really nail these. You might need to have a bit more of a bit of running background, but that 60, you, anybody can do a hard 60 seconds. Anybody can do a hard 90 seconds. Two minutes, we're flirting with being able to blow yourself up over the course of this, just based off of like how to regulate your pace. So um, these are what you're going to, these are intervals where you're able to consume the most amount of oxygen that your body is able to take on at near max heart rate. And that's basically what your VO2 max kind of is, right? It's uh, it's just a measure of uh, the amount of oxygen you can absorb. You breathe it in and that's how they put, they put that mask on you, right? If you've seen these tests, it's, it's and I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw this all up. So if anyone's listening and knows exactly the language, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna do it well. And I'm just gonna say stuff and that's what's just gonna happen. So it's, you're, you're breathing in and it's the amount of oxygen and then it measures how much comes in and then how much comes back out, right? It doesn't all get absorbed. And then they associate some sort of number to that. And you can, you can flirt with that a little bit. It can be raised. There's definitely a genetic component to it, but to improve those that score or your, your, your ability to take on more oxygen, that's what these intervals are going to do. So these intervals, they are helpful. And from that capacity, I like them very much for DecaFit because we kind of get there. You kind of get to the point where, oh my God, my heart rate is, uh, I'll use my heart rate. For, my, I'm, I run pretty low on the heart rate. It's like, oh my God, my heart rate's near 170. And I am breathing as hard as I possibly can, and I need to keep going. It's going to kind of put you right there. So expanding how much oxygen you can uh, absorb through your system is a benefit. <laughs> it definitely helps. It's going to be a benefit for high rocks as well, but your heart rate probably isn't going to get that high until the very end, right? So like these intervals, they are very challenging. They're very brutal. So if you're going to put these VO2 max intervals into, into place anywhere, I would just do them on the... Um, machines or some sort of some sort of metcon you want to have a nice time five by two and a half six by no no five by two and a half four by three minutes on the rower or the skier with one-to-one rest enjoy yourself you'll be able to do it but it will suck so that's just another category all on its own right something one-to-one rest for things and they just call it vo2 max intervals you don't really need to mess around with that 10k pace and you probably don't really even need to mess with this like mile to 3K pace either. That's a pace that will probably be pretty close to a VO2 max interval on the short end of things. If you're doing 60 seconds of, of hard running, you'll probably be close to what your mile pace would be. But to do like mile specific type of workouts, I don't know. It, it, like you might not need to mess with that. I would just lump that into VO2 max interval as well. And knowing that you're still gonna get that benefit, and then the last piece is going to be just like fast rep, right? And this is just running fast. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, uh, this is more of a, me- a mechanical thing. If you have running form issues, if you just want to be a little bit more efficient, doing uh, efforts from 400 to 100 to 50 meters, that's kind of fast rep. Working on your high end, there's not a ton of place for this, honestly, when it comes to hybrid stuff, but it's a great thing to try in the off season. 
Um, it can be a little bit damaging on your your system, so the recoverability might be a bit of an issue at some point. But that is still something where you can't something that you can work into your your training for uh, for long term, right? For if you just want to be better at all the running pieces, this is probably the last piece. But really. If you're looking at your running workouts and you want to be like, what am I trying to accomplish here? I would boil it down to three different things. As either easy recovery, easy recovery and building your aerobic, your aerobic system, your aerobic capacity. Improving your ability to handle lactate and, and work at your high-end endurance piece for a long duration. That's threshold. Or improving your VO2 max, which is your ability to take on... Uh, to take to absorb as much oxygen into your system as you can at a high heart rate and based on the event that you're doing if you look at it those three ways you should be able to know where to go and doing that you can then schedule things out fairly easy right it's like what am i trying to what am i trying to do for this workout what's the event that i'm preparing for which one of these three things am i going to need the most four things maybe the fast rep probably not like maybe a deck a mile maybe but other than that like i don't really know uh other than you just want to improve your uh, ability just to to run efficiently but that could be its own thing that's not necessarily like uh, a race like if like in a lead up i wouldn't do uh 200s as fast as i can and then rest for two minutes um this is the other thing with fast reps it's all about the mechanical side it's not about the physiological side it's not about what happens for your fitness um, it's what happens to your muscles and, and, and like your efficiency piece. So let's toss that out. So easy threshold VO2 max. What do you want to do today? What do you want to accomplish? What are you preparing for? Pick one of those three things and do it all based on the rest. Easy is what we talked about. Just like anywhere from half marathon to, to super slow <laughs> to massive range. It is like two and a half to three minute of a, of a range there. Just going nice and easy threshold, short rest, and VO2 max one-to-one rest. So I hope that's helpful um, when it comes to what we're preparing for and just being able to simplify the language, right? It doesn't need to be that, it doesn't need to be that nuanced. <laughs> it can be pretty straightforward in terms of what you're trying to accomplish and the language that we use doesn't really matter, right? So, and a lot of times when we're coming from this other background of say strength, say CrossFit, uh, you know, hit classes, whatever, like the, the language, doesn't it doesn't translate so we don't need to worry about it at all so if you're interested in, in in reading books about endurance and following different blogs and this and that like it's it might be too much <laughs> keep it simple for the sports that we're doing easy threshold vo2 max fin last thing i've been thinking about as we start building up into more of a specific build here for high rocks i've been thinking a lot about focus and focus for me takes a couple of different avenues. It could be the focus that I have around training in my day to day. I like to call it lifestyle periodization, where it's it's time to buckle down all of the factors that I have in control of my life. That could be sleep. That could be nutrition. That could be social stuff. It can be uh, mobility, just recoverability, uh, like active stuff that I'm doing. <clears throat> that to me is not very sustainable. Uh, outside of uh, I do a good job of 16 weeks and that's pretty pretty tough 
um, of just like being dialed in, like drinking less, doing the whole deal, just being focused on like the main thing. And really when it comes to all of it, like I think like four weeks is probably my max. So it's like, let's eat less sugar. Let's do all this other stuff. Let's, let's try to, to really dial in all the pieces that are within my control. That's one part of focus. But a piece of focus that I've been thinking a lot about lately is the focus that you're doing inside your workouts. And that's something that no one can really know how it's going other than yourself. You can see other people performing well or performing poorly, but you don't know why or what it is. <clears throat> but when it comes to you, you also might not be quite ready to focus the way that you need to focus when it comes to training. And it's something I'm just kind of coming back around to after this big build I did for DecaFit. And now like going on to doing say these threshold workouts, which is a bread and butter thing that I like to do. The focus that it takes inside of the interval is so intense that that is almost a bigger challenge than the physical. It's just staying right where I am and doing this one thing at this one specific pace, at this one specific feeling of what I need to feel like during that and focusing on just that piece, it's critical. It is so important when it comes to your performance that if you're not able to sit and focus in your workouts, you're not gonna be able to, do it, to be able to do it during the race just because it's race day, you just need to grit your teeth and do more. You have to practice gritting your teeth and doing more. You can't just go out there and just be like, I'm tough, watch this. Like you might be able to do a little bit better, but to do like the best that you can from the start of the race to the finish of the race, you need to practice that focus. I'll speak for myself. I need to practice that focus. And that's what I'm thinking about a lot lately. What that needs to be inside of every single interval, inside every single rep. And that's just another piece of that puzzle that I like to kind of put together when it comes to performing at a high level whenever I'm successful at doing that. It's not always, but it's sometimes. <laughs> it's sometimes. So cool. I hope this was helpful. Again, uh, let me know how you're liking the shorter forum uh podcast style let me know what kind of questions you have what you might be thinking about and i can chew on that a little bit if there's anything that you want me to do a deep dive on that you might you might just not have time you're probably doing other stuff right now you're probably walking the dog doing the dishes you're probably driving around you don't have time to be looking up at endurance stuff about high rocks and whatnot i can do that for you let me know all right we'll talk to you soon